Welcome back to Business Meets Personal Wealth. Today, we'll be talking about what to do if you're getting acquired before your shares have met the five-year QSBS eligibility rule, an important topic for founders who are nearing acquisition. For those of you that don't know the basics of QSBS, we have an article on our insights page that you can go read called Understanding Qualified Small Business Stock and the Capital Gains Exemption. I'm Ann Lucchese with SVB, and I get to answer questions like this every day as I advise founders to their wealth journeys. Today, I've got my colleague, Danielle Green, with me. Danielle, can you share what you do for our clients here at SVB Private as a managing director of our wealth and fiduciary services? Sure thing. And first, I want to thank you uh, for having me here today. And I'm really excited to be part of this conversation. So I work with clients using a holistic approach to their overall wealth and financial picture, and I help them achieve their goals by identifying estate, tax, and wealth preservation strategies. I love kind of just talking and picking your brain about these complex things that our clients deal with. And I really wanted to start on QSBS with you just giving a really brief overview, if you could. I know it's a complex rule, but high level, why is it important to our founders out there? Sure. So QSBS is a qualified small business shares that meet certain internal revenue code guidelines. And as you said, it's very, very complex. And it's sometimes called a 1202 stock because that's the associated section in the internal revenue code. Um, So those who own QSBS and meet all of the rules, they may be eligible to exclude the greater of, which is very rare in the internal revenue code, the greater of $10 million dollars and 10 times the adjusted cost basis when you sell the shares. So that's a really huge tax benefit. And since founding, investing in, and working for startups and small businesses uh, is is by nature risky, rules were created to motivate people to take that risk. So this is critical to founders since it may take some planning to be able to qualify for this great tax benefit. Yeah, I always tell them it's like the number one way I can help them save taxes is QSBS, right? Um, And so I love the kind of the high level you gave. What I really wanted to kind of focus in on now is what happens for these um, founders and shareholders that have met the metrics on qualified small business stock, except they're about to get acquired and they haven't met that five-year holding period. Um, There's a lot of different kind of moving parts because there's lots of different types of acquisitions. Let's start with the idea of a cash acquisition. Are there any options available for equity holders in this scenario, or do they just have to accept that they're going to end up with long-term capital gains instead? Right. No, the good news is that there is opportunity here under 1045 of the Internal Revenue Code. So what they can do is they can roll over gains from the sale of qualifying QSBS into QSBS in another company. There are, of course, rules and timelines that are important to take into account here. I think it's important to highlight them here is that The QSBS must be held for more than six months at the time of disposition, and the rollover must occur within 60 days. Yeah, and 60 days is a really short time period. So there are some things around that I I often have founders ask me, and maybe you could opine just momentarily, but the big one being, I have another idea for a um, startup. Can I start a company and roll those shares into it? And if I do, does it have to be up and running? right away? There is some flexibility around that 
uh, scenario. But ultimately, yes, if they have a, a business that's up and running, they can roll that over and um, just make sure that they tick off all the other requirements. Wow. So this sounds like a big opportunity. So let's kind of um, pivot now to a second scenario that I've seen come up and it can be really meaningful, which is um, big publicly traded company comes in and offers to buy them. Is there any way to claim QSBS in this scenario? So if your QSBS stock is acquired in a stock transaction in the scenario you said by a big publicly held company, which is not QSBS, um, the stock you receive will maintain the same holding period, which is important, and the QSBS treatment, but only up to the price of the exchange. So you can claim the QSBS exclusion up to the fair market value on the date of acquisition, but any future appreciation would be regular capital gains. Right. So if I understand you correctly, right, as long as they continue to hold it through those, hold those publicly traded shares until they've met the five year, they can take that um, QSBS qualification up to the point of the acquisition date. Um, I also tell them to think about when they're doing this is you have to get comfortable that you're going to hold another company's stock as well, right? Because there's risk in that. So something for them to think about. Okay, let's look at kind of what I think of as the final scenario, although there's probably all sorts of variations out there in the world. But in the final scenario, what if it's another small company that is a QSBS eligible company acquiring shares for shares? How does this work? So in this case, it's similar to the prior example where it retains the holding period, it retains the QSBS status, but you can also accumulate more QSBS in the process since the acquiring company is QSBS eligible. So, so perfect. So that's almost an ideal scenario, except for the fact it isn't liquid. They get to continue to hold and can grow that. And then just as a final kind of note, um, since I know this is the world you live in, is there's also an opportunity for individuals to think about what we call stacking within the world of QSBS, right? I'm sure that you must work with individuals who do that. Can you give just a high level view of what that looks like? Sure. So that $10 million exemption is by the taxpayer. So if you want to create trust for children, say you have three children, you want to create three trusts, um, there would be $40 million of exemption, one $10 million for yourself and three for the trust you establish for your children. So that could be up to $40 million or 10 times the, you know, the, the basis there. Wow. That's a um, pretty meaningful impact. Um, I really appreciate all the great advice that you gave today. Thank you so much for joining me, Danielle. Thank you so much. We've covered a lot in under 10 minutes. Um, thanks to the founders and entrepreneurs who have joined us for this conversation. Our goal with this podcast is to answer the questions innovation economy leaders are facing in 10 minutes or less. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and give us five stars and subscribe to the SVB Private Perspectives podcast wherever you listen to your podcast to get notified when new episodes are published. Thanks again for joining. We'll see you here next time on Business Meets Personal Wealth.
The material contained in this podcast or webinar is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be an offer, recommendation, or solicitation to purchase or sell any security or product or to employ a specific investment strategy. SVB Financial Group, SVB, does not represent, warrant, or guarantee that this material is accurate, complete, or suitable for any purpose or any investor, and it should not be used as a basis for investment decisions. It is not to be relied upon or used in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. This material does not provide individually tailored investment advice. It has been prepared without regard to individual financial circumstances and objectives. The views expressed in this podcast or webinar are solely those of the authors and or participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of SVB or any of its affiliates. Opinions where and when expressed are subject to change without notice. Information was obtained from sources considered reliable, but no representation is made as to its accuracy. SVB, its affiliates, employees, SVB Wealth LLC Investment Advisor Representatives, and SVB Investment Services, Inc. Registered Representatives do not provide, and nothing contained herein should be construed as, legal, tax, or accounting advice. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should consult their own legal and or tax advisors for individualized advice that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of money invested. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Asset allocation and diversification do not guarantee a profit or protect against loss. The term SVB Private is the marketing brand name for the private banking, lending, brokerage, and wealth management and investment advisory services offered by the following SVB subsidiaries and affiliates. Silicon Valley Bank, SVB Investment Services, Inc., and SVB Wealth, LLC. Each legal entity in SVB Financial Group is subject to distinct regulatory requirements, and certain products and services may not be available in all jurisdictions or to all client types. Banking, lending, and trust products or services are offered by Silicon Valley Bank, a California bank with trust powers. Silicon Valley Bank is a member of the FDIC and of the Federal Reserve System. Silicon Valley Bank is the California Bank subsidiary of SVB Financial Group, NASDAQ SIVB. SVB Wealth LLC, SVBW, and SVB Investment Services, Inc., SVBIS, are wholly owned non-bank subsidiaries of Silicon Valley Bank. Neither SVBW nor SVBIS is a chartered bank, trust company, or depository institution. Wealth management and investment advisory services are offered through SVBW, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Detailed information on the services offered through SVBW is contained in the SVBW Form ADV brochure, which can be obtained at advisorinfo.sec.gov or from your SVBW Investment Advisor representative. Brokerage products and services are offered through SVBIS, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, and SIPC. For more information on SVBIS, please visit FINRA's BrokerCheck website at brokercheck.finra.org or contact your SVB Wealth Investment Advisor representative. There are important differences between brokerage and investment advisory services, including the type of advice and assistance provided, the fees charged, and the rights and obligations of the parties. For more information about these services and their differences, speak with your SVBW Investment Advisor representative. Not all products and services are offered by all Investment Advisor representatives of SVBW or registered representatives of SVBIS. And not all Investment Advisor representatives of SVBW are registered representatives of SVBIS. Wealth management and investment advisory services offered by SVBW and brokerage products and services offered by SVBIS are not FDIC insured, not insured by any federal government agency, not bank guaranteed, not a bank deposit, and may lose value. All loans provided by Silicon Valley Bank are subject to underwriting, credit, and collateral approval. Financing availability may vary by state. Restrictions may apply. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only, and no guarantee is expressed or implied. Rates, terms, programs, and underwriting policies are subject to change without notice. This is not a commitment to lend. Terms and conditions apply.
and MLSR ID 442029, Equal Housing Lender. Copyright 2023 SVB Financial Group. All rights reserved. SVB Financial Group, SVB, is the holding company for all business units and groups. SVB, SVB Financial Group, Silicon Valley Bank, and the Chevron Device are trademarks of SVB Financial Group, used under license.